from the Star Worldwide Network Studios. It's time for Spirituality for Everyday Living with Melinda Vale. As the medium who makes a difference, Melinda and her guests discuss practical spirituality and how it makes an impact on our everyday lives. And now, here's your hostess, Melinda Vale. Welcome to Spirituality for Everyday Living. Are you a multi-species family? I'm a multi-species family, and I'm so honored to have a special guest with us today, Victoria Ivankic from the Arizona Humane Society. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I also have my husband, Bill, because any chance that he can talk about dogs, (laughs) he talks about dogs. I'm right here. Yeah, we have five dogs, Victoria, and we've rescued most of them. Tell us a little bit about, well, you have your own dog. You have a German Shepherd, my favorite. Yes. Yes. Yes, I have one German Shepherd Husky mix named Blitz. He is five years old, love of my life. Soulmate, heart dog, all of Does all he talk? Of. The Huskies talk. Oh, yes. Yes. Gosh, he does. Yeah. Um, he definitely has the best pieces of both breeds and the worst pieces, but <laughs> very vocal and has the Husky howl, whatever you call it. The Husky talk. You know, yeah. I think how you feel about animals defines who you are as a spiritual person. And one of the things that we have a husky uh, mix, a husky boxer mix, looks like a boxer with green eyes. Oh, fun. But he is always, whoa, 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 talking away, right? Yes. And um, that's one of the things that Bill and I had in common when we got together was the fact that we had a love of dogs. And uh, we are uh, newly married. What is it, five years, Bill? Six years. Six years. Oh, goodness. You know, I'm like the man in the the house. Um, <laughs> and he brought two and I had two. And then eventually we added another. And um, we love to rescue dogs. And we judge how people are by how our dogs react to them. <laughs> Do you find that when you're, you know, dealing with people and dogs at the Humane Society that people and dogs are specifically drawn to each other? Like they just kind of immediately make that love at first sight, that eye contact, or what do you see when that happens? A little bit of both. Um, There's plenty of stories where people feel that they have that immediate connection. Um, With adult dogs, it's especially adult animals, it's so great to see when people have that quick connection with a pet that may not have given their um, their best paw forward. Um, But then there's other cases where it takes a little bit of work to really kind of crack that nut and um, get to know each other a little bit more. And then you see the most beautiful relationships from that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny you say that. This is terrible timing, of course, when you say we judge people by how our dogs react to them. My, my dad is staying with me right now. My dog just will not come around to him. He's, <laughs> he's doing everything right. He's taking him for walks. He's bringing him to get puppuccinos at Starbucks. And it's just not clicking. And I so badly want to just shake him and say, listen, it's okay. It's my dad. He's oh, a nice it's guy. So interesting. Well, you know, sometimes dogs get jealous too. And maybe the dog is a for little sure. bit jealous of dad being there. You know? For sure. I mean, Absolutely. I've seen the dogs get jealous for sure. So yeah. they'll warm up to each other. Yeah. But have you ever had, you know, uh, a dog like have a visceral dislike for somebody right away? I mean, that tells you something right on the spot, I think. Yeah, they they tend to have a sense, and I think a lot of it is that people don't have that body language that they should, mm-hmm. or maybe they don't have um, you know experience with animals and really knowing what the right thing to do is. But we forget, you know, humans. We as humans, we have culture. 
dogs have their own culture, cats mm-hmm. have their own culture, mm-hmm. and we kind of have to play by their rules. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's disheartening when you see somebody that's like, why doesn't he like me? But sometimes we just have to meet them on their level, not literally, but, you know, just understanding this is a completely different species and there's things I can do to help that interaction. Mm-hmm. So How try. did you happen to come to be part of the Humane Society? What drew you here and what do you do there? Tell me about the Humane Society here in Phoenix. Yeah, so the Arizona Humane Society, um, our main focus is to care for sick, injured, and abused animals here in the Valley. Um, of course, our name is Arizona Humane Society, but we primarily operate in the Phoenix area. Um, and when I say sick, injured, and abused, we have our emergency animal medical technicians that are out in the valley. They have their ambulances caring for sick and injured pets, you know, cats stuck in drains, pets been hit by cars, really sick strays. Um, and then on the other side of that, we help local law enforcement conduct animal cruelty investigations. Um, so either way, we're bringing in those animals that are very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then we have our trauma hospital, the largest trauma hospital in the Southwest. We fix them up. We give them whatever care they need. Um, really, really that hub for um, the really vulnerable cases. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully send them out to a foster home and work on behavior rehabilitation and um, that whole picture. And then hopefully adopt them to a great family. Oh, that's it's it's it must be. Break your heart and then fill your heart at the same time. Yes. I think, you know, that's, you know, your heart gets broken when you see a vulnerable animal that's been abused or neglected or somehow got themselves in a position where they're hurt. And then your heart gets filled with the love that we should all share with each other as human beings when you see human beings take on those animals and try to rehabilitate them and love them, especially the older animals. Especially, yeah. You hear that a lot. Oh, it must be so horrible to work in an animal shelter or how can you stand it? How can you not bring them all home? Um, but you'd be really surprised to see the amount of good stories that come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really rough people out there, but there's so many great people that I think there's just so many more good people out there that are here to help. You're right. There's more good people than bad, but this is one of the reasons I say there's no such thing as evil spirits. There's just evil people mm-hmm. because we certainly do see evil here on this planet. So yeah. maybe we're right in hell when we don't even realize it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. that's it. You know, Bill, you have a story about rescuing a dog that she's now our dog that you used to call Gator, but now she's a sweetheart since she, she's uh, been in, in my household because I won't put up with that. <laughs> Tell us about Sasha because it's a really heartfelt story, and I think you're going to like this one, Victoria, because it's one of those stories that you, you know, that fill your heart. Tell mm-hmm. us about Sasha, Bill. Um, I guess it was uh, seven years ago, eight years ago. I uh, was out looking for a dog at uh, different humane societies up around the uh, Sedona area mm-hmm. and came across this uh, one uh, blonde-haired terrier and she was separate from the rest of the animals, and it's because she had an absolutely terrible attitude. Very bad dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I indicated an interest in her, the uh, Humane Society people said, really? <laughs> that dog? Here, take it. Anyway, the story behind how she came to the shelter was also kind of interesting, too. As the uh, fellow that brought her in said, this belonged to my mother, and she's gone to a nursing home. And here's this dog. And they said, okay, great. Give us $50 donation for food while we um, find a home for it. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And they chased him out in the parking lot, took the dog from him, said, forget the $50. We're taking this Mm -hmm. dog. So she almost ended up in the desert. 
And then nobody wanted her because she was separate and mean. But I thought, there's something special about this dog. So I took her. Uh, and we ended up at uh, my vet's a couple days later. And vet said, um, this dog has mast cell cancer and lymphoma. She's going to die. Best thing to do is put her down. I said, I don't want to do that. She said, it's literally thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to treat this animal, and then she's going to die. I said, no, let's see if we can find a way to work through this. Vet said, give me a minute. She came back after about 15 minutes, sat down, talked with Sasha for a while. She wasn't interested in me at that point. She wanted to talk to the dog. <laughs> and then she looked at me and said, uh, there's a French pharmaceutical company that has an experimental cancer drug. They'll pick up the freight on this, 100%, everything. Oh, my gosh. So after two and a half years of daily chemotherapy, she pulled through. The mast cell was small enough for, to be surgically removed. It was in her jaw, and uh, the lower part of her uh, left mandible had to be removed. And the lymphoma had gone away. So, uh, you know, the odds of, what, one in a million of surviving – and it's because she wanted to live. She wanted to be loved. And once the cancer was gone, she felt that family vibe. And she was so happy, absolutely happy. I've never seen anybody, animal or human, that loves life more than Sasha. He used to call her Gator. So when he moved <laughs> in with me, he brought her with him. And she, she was Gator because she would bite at everybody, right? But, you know, again, in my household, we don't bite, we love. <laughs> So I just loved on her and loved on her and loved on her until she couldn't stand it anymore. Now she curls up in my arms. She doesn't bite anybody. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that. that's a wonderful story of how you can save an older animal. Um, do you have special stories about how you've seen people take animals in and change their lives? Or, ch or sometimes the animal actually, I think this animal maybe changed Bill's life. I know she changed mine a little bit because I, I thought maybe she came into my life to reflect the attitude that I had. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought maybe I better look at that. But, no comment. Because don't, don't you think dogs are mirrors of us and oh take gosh. on personalities and that kind of thing? Totally, totally. We, we get what we deserve in a way. Oh, you know, so sometimes, sometimes you need the lesson. You need a really compassionate animal that's going to teach you how to be more loving or, you know, be sweeter to people. And then sometimes you need one that's going to bark in your face and remind you, don't do this to people. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is how it, this is how it feels. Mm -hmm. um, but your story, it reminds me of a dog we had named Gus. Um, and everybody that works at AHS volunteers is going to remember Gus. Um, very big Australian shepherd mix of some sort. And, um, Gosh, he had such a deep story, but he was brought in by police officers who, um, I can't remember if he was abandoned or if his owner had some kind of trouble, but um, anyways, at some point they, they called us for help to get him out of his yard because he was terribly aggressive, just was not having it. Um, and we find out later that he's a senior, he was in some really severe pain and he had been pepper sprayed at some point. Oh no. So, you know, you start to realize like, okay, he's not just a mean guy. He, yeah. the poor guy was really, he was in pain. Um, comes to the shelter, was, had a horrible attitude problem. It kind of became a joke that, you know, Gus was kind of just a jerk to everybody and we just accepted it and loved him through it. And um, he had been adopted and returned multiple times. And his big rule was, I want to meet you, and I want to meet you again and again and again. And over time, I'll get to love you. 
Um, so this one woman came, spent time with him one day, came back a couple days later and really took the time to get to know him. Um, and that was before he was adopted in return. He spent over 300 days in the shelter. Oh, no. But all he needed was that one person to come along and say, hey, I, I see you. I'm here to work with you. I don't care about X, Y, and Z, and we're going to do it together. And it was like, I think he was like 13 when he was adopted. Mm. So um, he, I, I can't remember what he passed of, but he had something, probably cancer, something pretty severe. So he passed a few years later, but... Um, you know, talk about just open arms, accepting somebody for who they are mm -hmm. and, and moving along and becoming best friends. Mm, that's a lovely story. I had a Havanese. She passed when she was 17. She was my office dog. And wow. when I would uh, do life after life demonstrations, which means I'm in front of an audience and different people from the other side of the veil are giving messages and so on. I would say, who is John? I use names from the other side. They'll give me names or specifics about themselves. So I would say, who is John? She would immediately go over to the person that John belonged to and sit in front of them in the audience, in the audience. She knew where the spirit was and who the spirit was directing. And so I think that maybe uh, animals can see and feel things from the other side of the veil that we can't. And it's really a wonderful thing that God has given us these companion spirits to reflect, you know, our own spirits and to have that. I think it's truly the only way we get unconditional love. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, they say that animals and kids are more open to seeing spirit and connecting, you know, with the other side. And gosh, that is she was wonderful. Oh, I wish that was a TV show. I would, <laughs> I would watch that over and over. That's incredible. Yeah, she was wonderful. Working with uh, dogs and cats. Let's not leave cats out of the mix. We don't want to drop our cat people. You know, I once had a cat when I was a young girl. Uh, my parents had a cottage on a lake, and this little cat, she was a black and white kitty. Her name was Musette, and she didn't know that cats weren't supposed to like water, so she would run off the dock and jump in the water at the lake with us and oh, swim around to the side, man. and we'd go off the dock, and she'd go off the dock and around and around, and people from all oh, over the cool. lake would come and bring their boats to see this cat jump oh, <laughs> off the dock gosh. into the water. Let's not forget our kitty people. Definitely not. But how does working with animals make you a more spiritual being? Oh, man, I... I they just, they teach us so much. I think the biggest thing that I take away from um, my own dog and any animal I work with is just to slow down and kind of just start to enjoy life in the moment. Um, they're here for such small periods of time and it's so easy to say, oh, I'm busy or, you know, I want to just lay down right now. But when you, I love cats as well, but from my experience as a dog owner, you know, taking your dog for a quick walk, that just makes their whole day. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from them. Just if you see them as animals or if you see them as spiritual beings, how, you know, whatever your um, your beliefs are, I think there's a lot we can take from them in that. Mm -hmm. So, Bill, you had a cat that showed up in spirit or something once that you uh, – something oh, that absolutely. you told yeah. me about your cat. Tell, tell us about – the spirit of your cat coming through through another cat or something. Uh, this mm. this is a bit of a uh, a ribald story, a little bit funny. Is um, had uh, two cats, Pookie and Kiss Kiss, and they were the best of friends. Absolutely, that tells the best you what kind of, of man my husband is. Pookie <laughs> and Kiss Kiss, a sweet man. <laughs> well, exactly. As if this uh, little male cat had uh, lipstick on. I. 
he was just as cute as he could be. He was a rescue, uh, came out of the wilderness, moved right in, I, quite literally out of the wilderness. Um, he and Pookie, best friends for about three or four years. Uh, Kiss Kiss got um, diabetes and left us very, very quickly. Um, a couple years later, one of the games that I used to play with with Pookie at night was uh, I would scratch his back and he would rub his head on the bedpost. And I was scratching his back and he was rubbing his head on the bedpost. And I thought this is a great picture. So just for grins, I pulled out my camera as I was scratching his back with the uh, back scratcher and he's rubbing his head on the bedpost. Took a picture. And I looked at the picture. There was this white paw that had come out of absolutely nowhere and was reaching down and touching Pookie on the head. And I thought, how strange. This explains everything because at night, Pookie would run through the house just as if Kiss Kiss was still with him and he would play and play all night long just as they always had in life. So Kiss Kiss was still part of his life. And what really got me on that is that it looked like a white paw. You can't bend light, but this paw was as illuminated and lit as it could possibly be. What a wild thing. So I guess even cats go to heaven. All cats go to heaven, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> so um, talk about your um, trauma hospital. You have a trauma hospital, and like, do you have special vets that volunteer that are part of the organization or how does that work yeah our, our trauma hospital as i said before is the largest in the southwest it's really like the heart and soul of what we do um, i believe it's about 80 percent of the pets that we care for are seen in that trauma hospital um, and it it truly operates like a, a normal emergency room um, you just sometimes you walk in and you know we're doing dental work with which i, I don't mean to um discount that because it's it's very important work but we're you know doing kind of routine procedures and then some days you walk in and one of our emergency animal medical technicians is quickly running in with a pet who's bleeding because of whatever accident mm. um, I'm not great with like blood and things like that so mm -hmm. I kind of just shield my eyes a little bit but um, they're just amazing at picking up whatever comes in and uh, you know dropping whatever they're doing that's not as important and running to the care of the animal um, but in addition to that, we have our specialized intensive care units. So we have our bottle baby kitten. Um, I saw that. <laughs> ICU. Maternity um, suites and kitten nursery yes. and bottle baby ICU. Yes, you, you really should come in for a tour someday. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, I but, love that. Um, our bottle baby ICU, we dropped the kitten part because we started taking in a lot of puppies as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a 24-hour operation that we have our staff and volunteers just eating pets our um, kittens and puppies, weighing them, making sure they're getting the exact amount of grams. And that's because they're orphaned and don't have their mothers anymore. Um, we have our Parvo ICU, which treats parvovirus. Um, it's mm -hmm. terrible, terrible virus. We are um, one of the very few shelters in the country that treat it. Wow, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's something we're very proud yeah. of. Um, our maternity suites cares for moms and puppies, uh, mom dogs and their puppies, and it just gives them that quiet, safe space before they can go to a foster hero home. Um, and of course, there's many more, but the, the idea is that we have our trauma hospital, but there's so many other pieces for really challenging cases that we want to be able to treat. Um, and of course, we can't do that without people's help. So mm -hmm. our staff, volunteers, foster homes are critical, really critical. 
Do you have enough volunteers? There are a lot of people that want to volunteer to help animals. Do you need volunteers? Always. You always <laughs> need volunteers. How always. would somebody volunteer to help you? Azhumane.org slash volunteers where you get started. Um, we have an online orientation and it'll kind of take you through the basics of who we are and how you might be able to help. And we'll do training on you know, animal handling. And then a lot of the lesser known roles of volunteering include volunteering at our thrift stores, for example, sorting through donations and organizing, you know, people that love animals and might not be able to physically be with the animals all the time. There's other ways to help. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we can always use more volunteers. Mm -hmm. We would love that. And I would imagine, you know, writing a check doesn't hurt anything doesn't either, hurt right? At all. No, <laughs> no. Like if you can't volunteer time, give a little money and help these yeah. folks with these wonderful companion spirits that God has blessed us with. Do pit bills get a bad rap? They're one of my favorites. So okay. personally, I no. think they get a bad rap too myself, but. Yeah. yeah, they well, they do have definitely they definitely get their rep. Um, pit bulls and chihuahuas are the most common shelter animals in our community, so I think a lot of people um, and chihuahuas, pit bulls and chihuahuas. How funny is it's you know opposite ends of the spectrum. So opposite. But they um, they're I mean I I we can talk about my other dog um, later, but we um, I have a pit bull as well, and he is my boy. I mean they are the most loving and sweet animals, but I you know I think media portrays things a certain way. Um, of course, there are dangers with every animal. I mean, they are animals at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, but putting a breed label on it, it's just, it's silly. Mm -hmm. um, but you ask any staff member or volunteer, it's usually the pit bull in the corner or the chihuahua in the other corner, and those are their favorites. So mm -hmm. I definitely invite you to come meet some. Well, I've had a German Shepherd, and I love German Shepherds, but when my son was a little boy, he was in the hospital, and the baby in the crib next to him was had his face all ripped up from the family German Shepherd. Um, so I just, I think it really depends on the consciousness of the vibration of the family and the owner more than it does the breed of dog. I mean, we've had, haven't we, we've had friends with pit bulls that have been amazing. Maggie was just simply ama amazing. Our friend had a pit bull named Maggie that fell in love with our grandson. Oh, absolutely. And uh, one morning, uh, our friend Brian was out walking by his uh, swimming pool near the waterfall. And um, early in the morning, Maggie noticed that there was a rattlesnake ready to strike. And she got between Brian and the rattlesnake the moment before he struck. The snake missed. But if it wasn't for uh, Maggie getting mm -hmm. in between... Uh, Brian would have been bit, and they live out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In Texas, mm -hmm. yeah, and they have deer in their yard, chickens in a chicken coop. Maggie was, you know, a purebred put pit bull, and she was just as sweet as pie. Oh, yeah. I think they do get a bad rap, but again, you know, I don't know. Judge Judy, are you listening to me? Not all pit bulls are bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. yeah it, it's, you know, there, there are no bad dogs, bad owners. You know, that that's the, a lot of the phrase, but... There's so much to be said about just treating them with compassion and also socialization when they're young is very, very important. But at the end of the day, they are animals just like we're people and we make choices and we have to respect their space and mm -hmm. read their cues. And, you know, I always encourage when people want to go adopt a dog, do research the breed because there is a piece of that that is important. German mm -hmm. Shepherds, prime example. Mm -hmm. They're they're bred to protect and they're working dogs. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to know what you're what you're getting into with any animal, but to your point with being, you know, the, the vibrations of the people that they're with, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Can't ignore it. Well, this was the time of year, you know, uh, we just passed Christmas and people were, I'm sure, got puppies and kitties and, and so on, just like at Easter time, people get 
ducks and chickens and, and rabbits, and then they've made a mistake for a holiday, for Christmas or for Easter or whatnot, and the family can't handle that, and they don't know what they're doing, and it becomes too burdensome because animals are a lot of work, everybody, and, you, you know, if you're not willing to take on the responsibility of your animal in a humane way, then you're not being spiritual with your animal, then just don't bother having one. You don't have to be a family with an animal if you're too busy. If the kids have soccer and practice and everything all day long, don't get one. Um, But if you do have one, it's terrible to keep them in a kennel all day long or, you know, locked up or put outside and chained up. And, you know, think about what that does to any a being's consciousness and uh, you know it just it 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 drives me crazy when people think oh I'm gonna get this cute little puppy and then they don't know what the heck to do because the family's too busy and the dogs never walked you know locked up with no water and things like that and then they yeah. end up in a shelter yeah yeah and it, it's it's a little tough because the holiday the angle of you know a lot of people say don't give pets as gifts but we actually as an organization we disagree with that we think there's a way to gift your family with, I mean, truly the best gift you're ever going to get, I believe, as a pet. I begged my parents when I was a kid for the gift of our cat. Um, so there, there's a way to do that. And I think there's a perception that people adopt during the holidays and dump them the next holiday. We don't really see that where we are, thankfully. Oh, that's wonderful. But, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, but it, it does come back to education, um, us educating a family on really what to expect when you have a pet in your home. It's not just, you know, food, water, shelter. There's the walks. There's the the love. I mean, I personally, the love piece of it's a big one for me. Can't teach that. But, um, you know, knowing what to expect for behaviors and how to address those things. So educating people on what to expect and knowing how much of a commitment it is. But at the same time, trusting that the adopters, the people that are coming to the shelter, hopefully have, in, in our experience, do have the best um, intentions when adopting right. a pet. And and I guess that's that's to my point is, you know, know the person you're gifting, that they can handle it, that yes. they will take care of it well, that it will be a gift of love and not something that burdens them. Mm-hmm. And every, you know, I mean, our imperial shih tzu, who weighs about six pounds, will kick our uh, uh, big dog's butt all the time. <laughs> like, she, just because she's that. small doesn't mean she's easier to take care of, actually. Mm-hmm. And to the chihuahua thing, you know, just because a dog is small doesn't necessarily mean that they're easier. You know, mm-hmm. actually, you know, our Frank, uh, Frank, our busky, uh, he, he's the easiest one to take care of, and he's the biggest one. Yeah. You know, so it's it's really uh, interesting, the different perceptions of, of people and, and how they perceive uh, taking care of animals and what that means. So tell me yeah. about your pity. Um, his name is Tatum. Um, just the best boy, such a, a cuddler. And I, uh, my grandparents, I think, came from a, a generation where they had the the media stories and the idea of pit bulls being, you know, vicious and whatever it was. But um, they've completely flipped that perception. He snuggles with them. Um, he like will spoon my grandma at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's the sweetest thing. So, um, you know, I just, I would encourage everybody to approach an animal as an individual the same way that we approach people. I think, um, I mean, I, I like to believe that a lot of people have uh, released those perceptions and, you know, prejudice against other people, but we should be able to do the same with animals. Mm-hmm. They look a certain way, but it's not, that's not all there is. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. again, you know, my husband and I have a blended family. So we have five children and 14 dogs in our family. I love it. <laughs> 14. I love 14. It. 
And sometimes we have more dogs at the house than we do people because they'll bring their dogs. And honestly, they all get along. My two little dogs, which is, again, an Imperial Shih Tzu and then a Yorkie Shih Tzu mix, they go back and forth to my daughter's pack. She has three, and when we go out of town, they go over and visit her house, and my son comes and takes care of the big guys, and they, they go back and forth happily. Love that. You know, they, oh. they'll, they will fit into multiple packs if you just integrate everybody correctly and allow yeah. for it, you know? that's It's so. so interesting to me. I don't have the most experience with that, but... Um, the idea that animals, I mean, sometimes they just sort it out amongst themselves. And you mentioned uh, Gator, now Sasha, how, you know, she was pretty grumpy in the corner, it sounds like, but did she end up getting along with the rest of the pups? Oh, absolutely. Surprisingly. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, she gets along so well. And, you know, one of the uh, little things that uh, we do for our animals, uh, we're up every morning at 5 a.m. with coffee. And it's also a uh, time just to... Uh, catch up on a few things because it's quiet time for us at 5 a.m. and also quiet time with the dogs too they just enjoy that extra hour in the morning and sometimes uh, Melinda will sing with the uh, um, little shih tzu and then she will also talk with Frank and they're back and forth and they she lifts her little head up and she sings with me Bill and I don't have to be up (laughs) at five we can get up at six and make work on time we choose to get up at five to have that time with each other and with our animals. That's our, our time together and then again in the evening. Oh. So um, they, 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 uh, they recognize amazing. it as uh, quality time. And yeah. quality time, whether it's with humans or with animals or within your blended family of speed, you know, the puppies, cats, people, mm-hmm. it's all the same thing. It's quality time and just being together. Yeah. And speaking of quality time, we just got some quality time from Victoria on the Humane <laughs> Society. Tell us one more time how to send a check, how to volunteer, what do we need to do to help your organization over yes. there? There's many ways to get involved and to help animals. Um, you can adopt, you can foster, you can volunteer, you can donate. Um, of course, you can, as you said, write a check, you can monetary donations, but there's also in-kind donations like dog food and cat toys and all that. Um, but even if you don't have the, um, the finances of support in that way, even sharing our messages on Facebook is huge for us. Um, telling a friend that you saw a story about XYZ dog who really needed it, um, just sharing that, that word and that message and truly just being kind to the animals is, that's what we right. want. That's number and one. kind to each other. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Bill, for being part of this today. And oh, it was thank so you. nice to meet you. You yes. are a lovely human. <laughs> and you. that's what I say to people. Uh, you're a lovely human because dogs, in my opinion, cats are always lovely unless they're made not. But you're a <laughs> lovely human. Us human beings aren't always so lovely to each other. But let's try to do that this year. Let's make that our New Year's resolution, everybody. Let's be humane to each other and support the Arizona Humane Society, spirituality for everyday living. Mm-hmm.